All right, a fascinating story. I don't know if you followed the case of Whitey Bulger and the notorious criminal from Boston, the Winter Hill mob. It was depicted in the movie Departed, but, uh, you know, from time to time, his name would surface. He was on the FBI's most wanted list, and then they found him after 16 years on the lam in Santa Monica, California, a number of years back, uh, which kind of brought it all to resolution, although uh, some might say because he was still alive in the joint, uh, we could arguably make the case that the resolution happened earlier today uh he died in prison at the hands of a prisoner so the account goes let's clarify a lot of these points outstanding about the notorious whitey bulger dick lair is with us on the line a professor of journalism at the college of communication at boston university he also co-authored the new york times bestseller black mass whitey bulger the fbi and a devil's deal and its sequel whitey the life of america's most notorious mob boss dick lair good to have you on the oakley show here in toronto hi there how you doing, John? I'm great. You know, I'm just kind of really fascinated by the story, as many are. I think maybe the movie Departed lent currency to it. But what happened? Whitey more, Bulger. More recently, I don't know if, uh, if it got up there, but the Johnny Depp portrayal of Whitey Bulger was even more on point. Oh, it uh, was? In, in, a, in a movie that came out uh, called Black Mass, which is, was an adaptation of, of the book you mentioned that I co-authored. Fair enough. You're right. Uh, now it's all coming together. It's sort of being piecemeal uh, put together yeah, on the no, fly I mean, here. He's, he's been a font of, of a lot of uh, books and movies, that's for sure. Well, tell me, uh, he's dead now. We know that definitively. Died in prison. Yeah. Tell us the circumstances. As, uh, well, it's being reported, as, as you said, um, another inmate. Uh, the Boston Globe is saying an inmate with uh, ties to the mafia um, is responsible uh, for Whitey's death. And... Um, you know, Whitey Bulger is a crime boss, a, a killer who lived violently, and he, it appears he died violently. Um, and it's a, a, a full circle of a, of a terrible life. I mean, that's the bottom line. Yeah, at 89, you know, I found that kind of interesting or intriguing that uh, somebody with that background or lifestyle could make it to 89. Uh, was it because he had friends on the inside, certain protections, or just because, you know, he spent a large part of the latter uh, years uh, hiding out in Santa Monica? You know, that that's goes, uh, I mean, that's an interesting observation, because that goes to um, part of what makes um, Whitey so intriguing, fra- frustrating, and fascinating, um, his longevity. Not just in a physical, biological sense that he made it to 89 before someone apparently killed him, but you're talking about um, his chosen profession, uh, crime, the underworld, and um, you know, uh, which doesn't ordinarily have a lifespan uh, of 89 years, and yet he survived. He was a survivor. He was from from way back in the growing up in in the South Boston neighborhood, a tough guy from from the get go. Um, and I think what uh, the biggest thing, and I think what elevates Whitey to um, the front of the line when it comes to American crime figures is the fact of his uh, affiliation with the nation's top law enforcement agency, the FBI. Mm-hmm. Um, that's what uh, gives this story so much juice. Um, there are always, every city has its crime boss and killers, but Whitey Bulger accomplished something that, whether it's, um, you know, John Dillinger, uh, or more recently the mafia's John Gotti, uh, all who have killed and made illegal profits you know, into the millions, but Whitey Bulger accomplished something none of no one has, none of these guys ever did, and and that is um, bring the FBI at least here in Boston to its knees, so that you had a band of corrupt agents 
who protected him, uh, who tipped him off to other investigations, who told him who told him who was ratting on him, so that he would then would go out and kill them. Um, it's the kind of protection that any gangster crime boss anywhere would love to have, and Whitey Bulger achieved that. Well, why did these agents then go rogue and facilitate that? That's the devil's deal of which you speak. Uh, why? Yeah, no, it starts with personal relationships. The lead agent was an agent from the same neighborhood, a younger uh, 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 kid from South Boston named John Connolly, who grew up in awe of, of Whitey Bulger and the Bulger family and uh, came back to Boston as an FBI agent. And then, you know, we have to go back to the um, 60s and 70s, where in America, the number one priority of, of, of the FBI was to get the Italian mafia. So John Connolly thought, he'd, he, you know, he had leverage and he'd, he'd play Whitey um, and enlist him and his partner, Stevie Flemmy, another Boston gangster, to helping the FBI, the enemy, you know, the enemy of, you know, the whatever the expression, the enemy are, is our friend, you know, mm-hmm. um, and but quickly, Bulger, uh, being the you know, sort of the criminal mastermind that he is, corrupted Conley quickly, corrupted Conley's supervisor, other agents got swept up in it, uh, and it and it just it went bad, and it we're not, and the thing that's so horrifying about this this history is that you know we're not talking about a single investigation or a moment in time uh it unfortunately became a a way of life here in boston for nearly two decades where you know whether it was the corrupt agents or the two crime bosses bulger and flemmy the city was their oyster they they could do what they wanted carte blanche they operated with relative impunity now did any of that have to do with the fact that his brother as i understand it uh was a senator in the massachusetts senate yeah his younger brother uh, bill bulger was uh the most powerful politician in massachusetts during this same time frame uh as president of the state senate and uh, uh it was remarkable they were both at the top of their game and i think you know, which the overlap has, as far as it went, has been documented. There's some of it, um, but largely it was just, you know, everyone knew. I mean, Bulger's, you know, Bill Bulger's the most powerful Paul. Whitey's the most powerful gangster. You mess with one, you're going to be dealing with the other in their respective worlds. In some ways, that was sort of the the dynamic, the atmospherics of the city. During that frame. That Again, frame. Dick Lair is with us, professor of journalism, the College of Communication at Boston University. He also co-authored the New York Times bestseller, Black Mass, Whitey Bulger and the, F- the FBI and the Devil's Deal, and its sequel, Whitey, the Life of America's Most Notorious Mob Boss. Whitey Bulger found dead uh, earlier today in a prison in West Virginia at the age of 89 and uh, reportedly bludgeoned to death by, some say, a member of the mafia. And I'm hearing reports that it was uh, like a padlock affixed to a saw or something by which he was bludgeoned to death. I don't know how gory or grisly we want to get in relating it, but uh, that was the outcome. And, uh, you know, I I wanted to dial it back, though, because I'm curious how he achieved his notoriety. He had 11 murders, I guess, for which he was convicted. Right. Some say uh, the number count was higher than that. And since he had the inside dope as to who might have been, uh, you know, doing this, that, or the other thing, and uh, he would off them. And in different states, too, I hear in Oklahoma, Florida, as well as in Massachusetts. Uh, tell me about his life. How do you first come to uh, head the Winter Hill Gang and uh, achieve notoriety? Well, I mean, there were the gang wars of, of the 1960s, the Irish gang wars here in Boston. Uh, he happened to be serving his only prison stint um, 
you know, in, in his long, uh, uh, long life. And so he kind of missed out on that. And when he returned, um, you know, he just, in the Winter Hill Gang, uh, there was an investigation, a race, race fixing case of which he was left out because he was an informant that saw the boss of the Winter Hill Gang go to prison. And he stepped in and, and took over and, and, in effect, renamed, it became known as the Bulger Gang, Whitey's Gang. Um, and that's back in the, uh, you know, the late 1970s. Um, and then um, with Whitey and his partner, Stevie Flemmy's help, the Boston FBI, the FBI took out the Italian uh, mafia crime family here in Boston in the early 80s. Uh, and from then on, um, it, was, it was Whitey's world. Whitey's world. Uh, 16 years on the run, found in Santa Monica, California. Uh, any idea? I mean, I guess because he had friends in high places and such. Uh, oh, that facility. Sure. That's all right. That that facilitated his uh, escape. Uh, were you surprised he wasn't found for 16 years and he was kind of living out in the open there? Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, he was, uh, you know, hiding in plain sight, as the expression goes. Um, again, in his 80s, so he could blend in as a retiree. But I think what's remarkable is the discipline he showed. Here's a, a guy who's used to being um, in the underworld version of the big man on campus, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and yet he was able to flick a switch um, and not need to satisfy those needs, you know, not ha- have to do anything to draw attention to himself or to get in the glow of the underworld or whatever. And and yet skulk around instead as the retired Charlie Gasco, which was his his assumed identity. Um, you know, again, it goes to his remarkable discipline, um, and, and which can obviously is a key factor in in his longevity. You know, the degree of violence meted out too. If I'm memory uh, remembering correctly, there was one case uh, of a young girl, and well, you're going to have to fill me in on this one, Dick. Uh, she. I don't know. It was a minor transgression or whatever, and he just killed her. Yeah, I mean, he he, um, and this was one of the you know horrible murder scenes that was portrayed in the movie Black Mass. Right. Um, to someone who um, he he suspected was saying too much, and so um, he kind of seduced her in a sense that he was going to be taking care of her, setting her up in an apartment and whatnot, and instead, uh, you know, you know, choked her to death killed her with his own bare hands. Um, and those around him have testified that he seemed to get some kind of really strange, sick, perverse pleasure uh, out of killing. Um, and he insisted, as he always insisted, that uh, when his trial did you know, happen here finally in Boston in 2013, that he never killed a woman. Uh, but the, you know, the evidence, um, the mountain of evidence otherwise, uh, refutes that. Um, I mean, if you listen to him long enough, uh, again, he was charming and persuasive. Um, you would come out of the room thinking he was a Boy Scout leader. Um, <laughs> but, uh, uh, again, the, the evidence became overwhelming that he was a rat, an informant, a killer, and a killer of of, of, of at least two women that, that we know of. Right, and which is the greatest ignominy, I guess, uh, being considered a rat, and uh, that's his real legacy. Now, you know, of the 11 for which he was convicted, uh, was the count actually much higher and it was just the 11 they could get him on? The 11 is, yeah, is what they had evidence to convict him on. But I think if you talk to, whether it's law enforcement or uh, people in the neighborhood, um, the number is, uh, people believe the number is, 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 you know, much higher than that. Was there a perverse kind of uh, reverence for him in certain parts of Boston? 
You know, I don't uh, to this day. I, I I certainly hope not. I mean, for the longest time, again, back in the in the day uh, before it came out um, about the corruption and his and his ties and his affiliation with the FBI, he did manage um, through his own um, efforts, uh, along with his corrupt handlers, um, to spin this story that he was uh, a kind of Robin Hood figure who um, you know protected his neighborhood and whatnot. Um, and that was part of the masterful corruption, or you know, at the FBI, because it was the agents whispering in reporters' ears, um, spinning this myth that you know, Whitey Balder, he may be a bad guy, but he's a good bad guy. I mean, he does so much good for his neighborhood, mm. um, and they were in effect his press agents um, to to because reporters, you know, uh, at the time, you know, would obviously love listening to an FBI agent give away the secrets of the underworld. Um, but it turned out to be a, a pack of lies uh, as part of their corruption. Well, it's the same thing with John Gotti. You know, uh, hey, the neighborhood's safe. You know, uh, old women can walk home at night alone and so on and so forth. Right. No no cars get boosted and so But here's the thing uh, I'm kind of curious about. What were uh, the vices or the uh, criminal activities that he was involved in? Uh, I mean, because I'm sure when you had different turf uh, in Boston, the North Side crowd and so on and so forth, I mean, what was Whitey's act? Over the course of his career, you name it, he did it. Yeah. Um, again, part of the myth for many years is that, uh, you know, as Whitey was say no to drugs. and he, and he uh, But again, evidence, overwhelming evidence emerged that, I mean, while he didn't use drugs, he said he personally said no to drugs. Um, nothing moved without him getting his cut, his tax. Mm-hmm. Um, so, um, you know, murder, mayhem, extortion, loan sharking, uh, uh, illegal gambling, and drugs. Uh, I'm not sure there's much left. Was he married? Did he have a family? Because he was found ultimately in Santa Monica with a mall. With, yeah, he had a girl, long-standing girlfriend. No, he had a son, uh, again, that was... That was a um, part of his life that we developed more fully in his biography that you mentioned, and and that was brought into the movie Black Mass as well. Um, he had a son who uh, died uh, at a very early age from a, a rare disease called Reyes syndrome mm-hmm. um, that he had had a uh, son with a girlfriend. And so uh, he was on the FBI's most wanted list for 12 years. Uh, do you think they were in earnest to look for him? That's a long time, and in the end, he was actually uh, at the top of the list. Um, uh, again, the, the analysis that, that's been done is that in the beginning, I don't think the FBI, and this is when I say in the beginning, after he was tipped off and, and fled in 1995, in the winter of 95, in the beginning, it was a combination of sort of inefficiency and screw-ups, and maybe, uh, as some of us have observed, uh, the FBI didn't really have the will to want to to find out where he was, given all the dark secrets that they were trying to maintain. But I think over time, um, uh, you know, it's, it, we're talking about such a long time that you're turning a page of history almost. I mean, there's a, uh, a whole new generation of agents and law enforcement come in, and I think a lot of people were trying real hard. I, I think over time it became a question of resources. Um, there were certainly periods when they put more resources to the task than uh, during other times when there might have been just one or two people turning on the lights. Um, but, um, yeah, so, I mean, it, it, it's a bit of a uneven and roller coaster ride, I think, um, in, in terms of uh, the more than, you know, the, as you said, the 12 years or more that s- supposedly.
Obviously, the manhunt was underway. You know, Dick, uh, you're really compelling me to go back and revisit the movie. Black Mass, Whitey Bulger, The FBI, and A Devil's Deal. And, of course, uh, you're the author or co-author of such in its sequel, Whitey, The Life of America's Most Notorious Mob Boss, who was found dead in his uh, prison cell there in West Virginia at the age of 89, bludgeoned to death by a reputed member of the mafia, and so it did not end well. Fascinating story. and uh, Yeah, no, and I have to say, you know, really, I mean, Johnny Depp... uh, it was kind of a scary, amazing portrayal of this monster. So, had you ever met Whitey Bulger? Um, I have not face to face. I mean, I tried to interview him a number of times and was rebuffed. Uh, I've seen him in prison. I certainly saw him in court, um, but uh, I never got the interview that a reporter would always want to get. Mm. Well, listen, uh, take solace in the fact the Red Sox are World Series champs. That's really good news, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, I'm not sure if you're being sincere now, but... Uh, oh, absolutely. Okay. Very yeah, yeah. The parade's tomorrow. So. <laughs> oh, is it? All right. Well, uh, I really do appreciate your weighing in and uh, just giving us uh, a real graphic picture of this individual. Again, uh, I would uh, recommend the book Black Mass, Whitey Bulger, The FBI, and A Devil's Deal, and uh, Whitey, The Life of America's Most Notorious Mob Boss, or uh, see the movie with Johnny Depp portraying Whitey Bulger. That's Black Mass. Dick Lair is a professor of journalism at the College of Communication of Boston University. Dick, really appreciate your time. Thanks so much. Sure. Thank you, John. You Bye. got it. Well, there you go. Uh, yeah, I know I extended that segment. I, I just get caught up in this stuff, you know, the mobsters and the notorious figures. And uh, this was a guy, Ground Zero, where he wrote the book, of course, uh, where Johnny Depp, I saw The Departed as well. I was, you know, trying to piece it all together, sort of uh, coalescing both there in my mind on the fly.